This is the Master Brewers Podcast, brought to you by the Master Brewers Association of the Americas, a volunteer organization dedicated to continually improving the products and processes of our membership since 1887. Master Brewers brings you interviews with the industry's best and brightest in brewing science, technology, and operations. This Master Brewers podcast is proudly sponsored by Hopsteiner, a global leader in the hop industry focused on quality, sustainability, and innovation in new hop varieties and hop products. Contact our brewery sales team to provide you with the hop-related tools you need to craft your next great beer. For more information, visit hopsteiner.com. Additional support provided by... Draft Lab knows that quality and consistency are your brewery's top priorities. DraftLab provides easy-to-use sensory analysis tools designed to bring your tasting data into action. To start your free two-week trial today, visit DraftLab.com. That's D-R-A-U-G-H-T Lab.com. Highest clarity for us to get the lowest sediment and then to get the lowest, best dose rates. This week on the show, we're talking about silicosol. My name is Chika Ezani, and I work with Kerry. Chika, let's get some of the terminology out of the way. Colloidal silica, acidified silicates, silicic acid, silicosol, silicon dioxide. This is all the same stuff, right? Yes, they are all the same stuff. Okay, so biofine clear and other acidified silicates fall into the category of finings known as auxiliary finings. Talk about what is meant by the term auxiliary finings. How do they work and what's the intended use? These auxiliary findings are findings that you use at the end of um, your fermentation when you're moving your beer from your fermenter to your storage vessel. And so... They are added to help in, uh, to clarify the beer. And basically, they target all the uh, uh, insolubles you have in beer, talking about the proteins, the polyphenols, and of course, your yeast cells. And so these findings uh, uh, form a, what you call an electrostatic glue to drag down these particles and give you a clarified product. Okay, and, and they're mainly targeting proteins and then sort of just dragging other things along with, with the proteins, correct? Yes, um, they mainly target proteins and um, they work because of the different charges they have. In this case, these um, um, silicates uh, come uh, positively, uh, negatively charged and then they target the proteins, the, the positively charged proteins, especially the prolines, and then they they form a kind of electrostatic um, combination because of the different charges, and then it drags it down. Okay, so if sicilic acid is highly reactive with haze-forming protein, does that mean this is the same or a similar reaction to silica gel, which is widely used in larger breweries? More or less uh, um, close to the same thing, uh, but uh, this time around, Silica gel, you add it en route to the filter, and they have short residence time. Uh, but 
in the case of the uh, silica soil where biofine falls in, you add it to your um, fermented beer when you've removed your yeast or into your storage vessel, and uh, they have longer residence time. Do you want to talk about how auxiliary finings work in conjunction with primary finings? Primary findings, uh, basically, you talk about the isinglass, and um, um, isinglass are collagens, and they, they come in um, negatively charged, and they target your yeast cells, basically to remove your yeast cells. But the auxiliary findings, which could be the silicates, could be the PVPP, uh, could be your... Uh, in this case, biofine clear, which, which is a colloidal um, silica, uh, silica soil, they, go, uh, they, they, they target the other haze-forming uh, substances in your beer, which I said earlier on, such as your, uh, your proteins and your polyphenols. And in the process of getting these proteins, which are the haze-forming proteins, they drag down your yeast and the sediment and settle out of your product. Uh, just to make it clear here that, um, like you said, it, it, it goes after the haze active proteins while excluding the foam active proteins. So the foam active proteins are left intact, so your foam head uh, remains good, while the haze forming active proteins are removed. Tell us about storage conditions for silicic acid. How does it need to be stored and what's the shelf life? The shelf life is uh, one year and um, it does not re require refrigerated transport or storage. It's important that when you keep in biofine clear, you would ensure that the temperature does not drop to below 5 degrees Celsius or 41 degrees Fahrenheit because temperatures lower than 5 degrees Celsius will cause it to sediment out and it will not be as effective. So during winter and, and, and in transportation, you have to ensure that this product does not freeze. So as much as possible, we advise that you don't allow it to freeze because silicates, when they freeze, they, they become less effective and then they sediment out. All right. So don't order it in January, right? <laughs> uh, order it any, all, the, all the time of the year, but make sure that you um, ensure that they don't freeze out. Okay, I want to get into the practicalities of using silicic acid in a small brewery. I've seen lots of variability among craft brewers who use it, and there's been a lot of uh, interesting discussion about this topic on Master Brewers Ask the Brewmasters over at community.mbaa.com. What do you consider best practice for dosing silicic acid into a fermenter? The best practice would be to dose it into the beer streams during the transfer from the fermenting, fermenting tank to the storage tank after your beer chiller. So once you finish your fermentation and you remove your yeast and then you start crash cooling your beer and, uh, and route to your transfer to this uh, secondary or, or storage vessel, then you can add your biofine clear. But I am aware that there are cases where, people, where you have only one vessel and in the case of unitank um, uh, operations for the small brewers, um, it's important to, prior to the addition of the biofine layer, target, uh, once you have achieved your target gravity, allow the temperature to drop to about 4 degrees Celsius or 39 degrees Fahrenheit, 
And at this point, you will have removed at least 90% of your yeast. They will have settled that and you will have cropped it. Then you add, uh, introduce, by, introduce the solution with the aid of a suitable centrifugal pump. And um, this solution should be injected rapidly into, into the tank with good mixing. Additional mixing can also be um, uh, achieved by CO2 rousing or CO2 spurging for about 5 to 10 minutes. And then um, allow the findings to, 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 to stay with the beer and then allow the temperature to drop from, remember we said earlier on, we start at, at 4 degrees Celsius or 39 degrees Fahrenheit, allow the temperature to drop to zero and if possible, minus one. So the colder the temperature, the better the performance. Yeah, I've seen some folks just add it directly to the top of the fermenter while bubbling CO2 in through the bottom to mix it, while others are setting up a pump loop, similar to what I think you just suggested, where they dose it in and try to mix up the tank. Have you seen any big differences in performance for those two methods and or maybe any other methods you've seen out there? Yes, um, the optimal way for for the addition of biofine clear is to add it online and root into the beer stream as, it, as, as the beer is moving from the fermentation vessel to the storage vessel. So if you have a two-tank vessel system, that is perfect. But like I said, it, it's, um, we are aware that most people operate the one-tank vessel system. And so make sure the yeast is cropped out. Make sure that the temperature of the beer is dropped to about 39 degrees Fahrenheit. Then add biofine clear with the aid of a pump and as much as possible ensure there is no oxygen ingress and then circulate. Um, if you don't have that uh, uh, um, facility, you can use CO2 rousing for at least between 5 to 10 minutes. Once that is done, the, the biofine clear action in settling out the components that we are targeting here, which is the haze, will still be as good as if you're adding it. Uh, in a two-vessel system. Coming up. When silicic acid is overdosed, you will have an additional haze problem. You will also have huge amount of sediment. The sediment will not be compact, and of course there will be beer losses. I'm John Bryce, and you're listening to the Master Brewers Podcast from the Master Brewers Association of the Americas. This Master Brewers podcast is proudly sponsored by Barnum Mechanical, a full-service design-build firm specializing in turnkey process and utility systems for the brewing industry. We partner with some of the best craft brewers in the U.S. to ensure the great beer they brew is what their customers get in every glass, bottle, can, or keg. You know beer. We know breweries. Additional support provided by ABS Commercial is a full-service brewery and parts outfitter. From our Raleigh headquarters to our Denver office, we proudly offer brew houses and fermenters from three barrels and up, yeast brinks, boilers, kegs, chillers, triclamp, and other stainless parts, all with the quickest delivery and lead times in the industry. Learn more at abs-commercial.com or call 877-BREW-ABS. ABS Commercial. We are brewers. 
Here's what's coming up on the Master Brewers calendar. Don't miss the keg cleaning and sanitizing webinar September 12th. District Western New York meets at FX Matt in Utica September 13th. The District St. Paul Minneapolis Golf Outing and Meeting is September 14th. The St. Louis Annual Golf Tournament is September 20th. District Milwaukee meets at City Lights Brewing September 20th. District Pittsburgh has their fall meeting at Mindful Brewing September 24th. The 2018 District Ontario Iron Brewer September 28th. District Southern California meets in San Diego September 29th. Founders Brewing is hosting the Master Brewers HACCP course in Grand Rapids October 1st and 2nd. The District Northwest Fall Meeting is in Yakima October 12th and 13th. Don't miss the Can Seeming webinar October 19th. District Philly meets October 19th and 20th. And the Master Brewers two-week Brewing and Malting Science course begins in Madison October 21st. View the full calendar of events at mbaa.com for more details or to find a district meeting near you. Now back to the show. Can you tell us, is performance uh, dependent on beer pH? Well, necessary, the, the beer, beer pH always falls between uh, between 3.8, 4.2. And so I wouldn't, uh, the beer pH would not affect your performance, the performance of this uh, um, substance. And roughly, how long should we expect for complete sedimentation to, to take place? Provided the temperatures are right, that is, if you have good cooling and you have your temperatures as low as between zero degrees uh, Celsius to minus one degree Celsius, or at worst, four degrees Celsius, which is 39 degrees Fahrenheit, um, we see beer clarity coming out good within eight hours and um, moving on to 12 hours. Talk about findings optimization trials. How important is it to do those for auxiliary findings like BioFine Clear? It's important that before we use this product, we do a, 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 an optimization trial. Um, the aim of such optimization trial is for us to get the highest clarity for us to get the lowest sediment and then to get the lowest best dose rates. Um, it's important that this optimization is done because of the, um, the fact that we know that each time you have a different beer, either it's an ale or a lager beer, it's important you do your optimization. Different type of beer, uh, beers that you make, you have to do optimization. And each time you have changes in your yeast strain, there's need for the optimization. Most importantly, when there, when there are new season malts, you have to do optimization. So the optimization will definitely will, will give savings to the brewer so that you are not overdosing the product and wasting your money and at the same time creating some other haze issues. Let's talk about some of the symptoms of over or underdosing silicic acid. When silicic acid is overdosed, you will have an additional haze problem. You will also have huge amount of sediment. The sediment will not be compact, and of course, there will be beer losses. So um, we wouldn't want that, and that's why we always advise optimization. And when you overdose, you have a lot of yeast cells still remaining in suspension, high yeast count, and uh, the sediment will not be adequate, and the beer clarity will not be there. Are there any food safety concerns with overdosing silicic acid findings? No. Once 
you overdose it, you will definitely notice that you will have haze issues and then you will have to re- re- reapply your, um, uh, give it longer settling time. And, and of course, um, we expect that once you get the right dosage and once you have the right reactions taking place, you would re- see the insoluble salicylic acid hydrogel settling at the bottom and drag and, and taking down your yeast and all the haze forming um, proteins. Isinglass is known for its ability to resettle, for example, when a cask has been moved. What happens if a tank or a cask is fined with silicic acid but gets mixed again later? Will it resettle completely? As much as possible, once you've added your silicates into your beer and given it the right temperature and allowed the right residence time, we find out that it's one, it, it once it forms that uh, um, the, the insoluble uh, silicic uh, gel, it will sediment out. Earlier, we discussed that the intended application for auxiliary findings is to prepare the beer for primary isinglass findings. Yet, there are a lot of U.S. craft brewers out there using silicic acid by itself, often at dose rates above recommendations. What are your thoughts there? Wouldn't they get far better results following auxiliary findings with an isinglass finding? It all depends on what your intentions are. We are aware of the fact that of late the consumers are getting more and more aware about what they are drinking and what goes into their into what they are taking into their beer. Isinglass is a collagen animal-based product, and these uh, colloidal uh, 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 silica saw biofine clear gives you the option of adding a non-animal product into your beer, gives you the option of um, meeting up with the vegan and vegetarian demands. And it is, uh, and so by, do, by so doing, I would say whatever works for you, if you don't want to wa- use isinglass, silica salt in the form of biofine clear would meet your demand. It will still clarify your beer. It, it doesn't need to go in combination with isinglass. Earlier this year, there was a post on Ask the Brewmasters regarding whether or not the FDA requires removal of colloidal silica solutions from beer. That post included a link to the Code of Federal Regulations, which specifically mentions use as a stabilizer in the production of beer, and also indicates that it must be removed from the beer by filtration prior to final processing. Does this mean that all those brewers out there who are using Biofine Clear or similar products as an alternative to filtration are technically in violation? As much as possible, would always advise brewers to stick to the local legislation or regulation wherever you are using any of these products. Um, we know that if you're using PVPP or silica gel or any of the fining agents, that it often goes with filtration. Uh, in this case, what we advise is depending on the country of use and the local legis- legislation, we advise the brewers to stick to those legislation and ensure that they are within the, uh, obeying the law. Chica, do you have any other do's and don'ts for us? Do not store it below 5 degrees Celsius or 41 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, and then do a lab scale optimization for each beer type and whenever there are changes in process. Um, it could be new mod season, it could be changes when you're used strains, always do optimization so as to save, I mean, get better use of all these products. 
um, and of course ensure that there is thorough mixing, um, either by dosing online or by using uh, rousing with CO2. Then um, try to monitor the sediment uh, volumes post finding on a regular basis to ensure that you are using it optimally. And then finally, if you are dosing it in in the form of a dilute solution, try to use up the solution you've created within 24 hours. I mean, so that we would uh, to be sure that you don't have a contamination. So basically, this would be uh, my advice on that. That was Chika Azani here on the Master Brewers podcast. If you've got a question about Biofine, post it to Ask the Brewmasters. It's the industry's best technical forum. Unlike others, it's only for technical questions and it's moderated for accuracy by a team of industry experts. Post your question today at community.mbaa.com. Did you enjoy today's episode? Would you like us to keep making more? If so, there's a really simple way you can let us know. Subscribe, rate, and review the Master Brewers podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like that one day, like everyone else did. Count down, I'm moving too 